0: Welcome to Blind Shovel, an arts and music podcast. Today we have the pleasure of hearing the sweet voice of James Allen of Valley Boy fame. James is a dear friend, and it was a pleasure speaking to him. Enjoy.
1: Michael Olivo. What's up, man? <laughs> How you been? Um I've been I've been all sorts of ways since the wedding, but uh, Yeah? Yeah, but good good generally, especially lately. Other than having like a slight cold. <laughs> How have you been, man? How are you in Manon? And also are we doing very well. Good. Yeah, doing good. Uh um, yeah, yeah.
0: What are you what what are you
1: working on right now? Um honestly I'm working on uh the next Valley Boy EP and trying to get songs ready and trying to find like good tempos for songs and just play through, see about like the feels for them and kind of I feel like some people maybe don't they just they do it naturally but or like they do it in the moment, but since a lot of the times I've already written the songs before recording them I have to kind of be intentional with what the character is going to be when I like go into sing stuff. And so, so you're, you're more methodical. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that it's better, but it's just the way it's been lately because I kind of end up doing everything myself and I, it's hard, So I'm not that like spontaneous. I need to be a little more, uh, like, I don't know. I, like uh, I go through uh, many versions before I've decided, okay, this is the way it's done. And this is the character and.
0: Uh, right. you work more like a designer in a sense. There's iteration, there's variations.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, and I wish there weren't, I think some of that comes from like a, uh, like a lack of faith, but, uh, I mean, in design, it's important, you know, like you need to have a structure that is functional. A lack of faith. Yeah. Or you have faith in a a very
0: specific objective thing you need to get to, or you have a neurosis. It could be a mixture of many things.
1: Yeah. 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 (laughs) I, I think it's, it's a bit of both, I guess. Does that make you difficult to work with? Um, I think so in, um, yeah, learning how to collaborate is has been something <laughs> that, like, it, it's difficult. Truly, it is also just difficult to find people who can work at the same level musically. So it's it, it's hard to find like people that are great, like equal collaborators, and we, like I feel like we can all fill each other's gaps, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the issues, honestly, of like when you become a multi-tool, it's hard. I, I kind of like artists. Maybe like, for instance, my literal wife, uh, she is great, but she hasn't spent like that much time learning to produce or record. She doesn't, she's not too bogged down in that. So she doesn't, because she doesn't like play in that arena as much, I think she can focus more on like her, her writing, her singing, and she's not too worried about like the performance of an instrumental part because she doesn't, she does play instruments and writes on them, but she doesn't play it with the same focus of like an instrumentalist honestly for better in her case. And for me, I'm like, I'll pick up the guitar and I'm recording a guitar part and I, I need to play it really well. I right. And know right. that I played it well, not that it matters for a fucking recording it turns out, but
0: yeah, it's an interesting thing you mentioned because I, I relate to that being exploring maybe too much being above average at maybe too many things, but not great at one or two things that people can be like, that's the guy I go to when I need that specific thing. One is like a sacrifice to the masses and the other is, is more self-fulfilling or what do you say? It's I, I find it more exciting to explore. Obviously now I'm trying to do a podcast here, but, um, I wonder if part of maturity is accepting the limits and being like, this is what I'm actually good at. And I find that via collaboration, you actually get to know what you're good at because you meet people who are just so much better at you than all the little things you're dabbling in.
1: Yeah. And honestly, that's the dream. Uh, My dream isn't that I'm, I'm, I am fully amazing at everything and I need no one. My dream is that I can be good enough at something that I attract other people who are good at stuff and we have fun making good things together. So what would that be? What is your, what are you obviously very good at? I vocals? don't fucking
0: know, dog. No, no, but all, all humility aside, is it vocals? I guess. Uh, what do you think other people, you know, think of us?
1: You yeah. Your main, your mainstream. I think the thing I am easy like I stand out in is is singing uh just my vocal but I think that makes me feel a wee bit like like a shallow thing if all I am is like a a technical skill so I guess I I think vocal is the thing for me I wish it were also my like songwriting or was so strong I think it's good i'd say like that's my number two mm-hmm. um and like being an instrumentalist and a composer i am I think good at as well uh but it's like you know i'm not like a dory Bavarsky who's gonna sit no. down at the piano no. and play something that is so beautiful i can sometimes get there on guitar but um but yeah i guess it is more like vocal performance is my strength out of all of them Right,
0: you know that that brings up a. I was thinking about something you and your wife wrote, and I found it interesting the the song about what is it? Um, breaking up slow dance. Oh yeah, break yeah. Up, Slow dance. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sometimes I think of the art making or song making as spell casting in the magical sense, and so I was thinking, how odd is it to? right before you're getting married to write a song of that nature. Um, and I wonder what it's like exploring that concept in like a performative sense, uh, while in the relationship, you know, because so much songwriting is about bad love or breaking up. Right. Um,
1: does that, what does that evoke for you? That idea? Um, I mean that, anecdotally writing that song was really difficult um Mm -hmm. it was and it was a a really painful thing to write and also to perform uh up until it was recorded once Hmm. it was recorded it it was out in the world i could actually have distance from it and it but uh and and now i enjoy it and now like we've performed it we performed it for the first time actually on stage uh in september just just a, a. the first uh, Valley boy headline show in LA. So once you perform it, you cage the monkey. It's like, a, it's like a genie in a bottle or something. I think once it's at least once it's recorded and released, once it's out in the universe, then mm-hmm. it's, for me, then it's, what did you say? The monkey is caged, or <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I we made caged up that you. damn monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Finally got yeah, back was... in his cage.
0: Exactly. Where it's the manageable. monkeys in the cage. Yeah, um, that's where. We... <laughs> but but do you approach it ironically? Like I don't. I'm trying to get in that mindset, right? Because I don't make art in that vein. You know. Did so... I approach that song ironically? Yeah. Or did you? Did you both? I don't know if songwriting is quite no, like we, that. we.
1: I mean, in, specifically in that case, we were we very much role played that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Which is why it was deeply painful. I mean, like we, it, it was painful to sing because it played on the fears of like, here is a situation. Here's how this relationship literally might end. Right. Let's play it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, if we take if we in this relationship take one left turn that should have been a right turn, we could easily be here. What does that look like?
0: Right. 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 Um, but you can have that distance. It's just a,
1: um, you know, performative I th- thing. It's, it, it is a performative thing though. And if you can, I, I think it's a great thing to do. Honestly, I, I attribute being able to write that song a lot to, um, Brittany being a great writer. I think mm-hmm. he doesn't struggle with using her imagination to kind of lie in a song. And I think and like, just follow, her, you know, follow that story. And, uh, are you really- saying she's,
0: she's better at crafting a, a story? Whereas it seems like your content feels just, uh, autobiographically psychological.
1: Yeah, I, I truly, she is, she has a, a greater gift of that craft. I, I, I can see it even more now. And I see like, I, I struggle with it. I, I actually, I can feel dishonest. Um, and I feel guilty for putting forward anything that, I wasn't truly lived uh, or really deeply felt. Um, But that song is actually a great exercise in how we, we didn't break up. We weren't having a breakup at the time, but we put a a lot of truth into that and I can sing that song and I can get emotional. I like, I played that song on tour throughout Europe and um, just solo even. And it was very moving. Yeah. And I, I was emotional and I, I felt what it would be like to be breaking up and especially like breaking up with my like now wife and Mm uh yeah how did you what did you call songwriting before what what kind of it was some something to do with magic what was
0: it yeah like spell casting Spell casting. like uh what would you say incantation yeah you know like if we take it in the most basic sense intention setting but done in the most flowery way possible you yeah. know, like what you focus on is, it's not like I'm talking the secret right now, but obviously what you focus on has an impact, uh, in the direction you end up going. So I think it's interesting. There's no analogy for me in art making. Um, maybe if I like painted myself dead or something or in a, in a specific way of dying, uh, but, but I don't work in that mode. So it's just interesting to think about that.
1: Yeah, it is. It's cool to think about it like that, though. I mean, and and also music and songwriting—it's it is a very immersive thing. It's an art that is, you, you know, to to play to perform music is to like envelop people in it. It is right. It's once like as a medium, it's really special because. Some fucker, anyone with the fucking speaker can be subjecting you to music and you really can't avoid it anymore. You can't avert your eyes, you can't choose not to taste it. Uh, yeah, it's not a very consensual medium. No. You know? <laughs> yeah, in that way, yeah. But it is also like you create you're really creating an entire uh you know, landscape or atmosphere. You create a space for people to occupy. It's nearly architecture instantaneously. It's mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it's, it's magical in that way. And it is kind of like casting a spell, like here's this, oh, yeah, out. Yeah. like accept this reality, suddenly you're, I mean, it's in it's the same way that storytelling is and like theater, I guess, uh, all of that jazz. Absolutely.
0: I'm just saying, I think there's potentially repercussions to the, the, uh, act of making the things I don't know more and more. I'm trying to approach, art and music from that perspective. In a sense, giving it its due and taking it more seriously and saying, well, oh, this isn't entertainment or some vapid artifice. This this uh, is something that affects the world
1: yeah. greatly. that's a beautiful way to think about it. I, you know, I kind of hit a thing recently where I was finding myself writing some really sad songs like deeply like song after song and i started to feel like guilt for putting that energy into the world right right right, devoting myself in like the craft to like just what feels like a gut punch and because i i kind of felt like the weight of it like wow i'm putting this is the energy i'm choosing to put into the world i mean granted i'm feeling it there's like you know, you have to write what you feel and it helps. It can be like an exorcism of those emotions too. But I think at a certain point too, there is a choice to be made of like, right, how do I focus on this or how do I where Where are my my energies going right now?
0: Right. And it's, it's a little complicated because there's something alchemical about listening to a sad song. When you're sad, it might actually make you, I
1: don't know. I wouldn't say happier, but it might help you deal with it yeah uh, yeah you feel seen in that moment you feel yeah yeah. you can relate um but i personally don't listen to sad music anymore very much um well you're just a
0: happy fucking guy dude i don't know if that's actually the the reasoning it's like and maybe i'm becoming too utilitarian with it but yeah maybe i'm using music more as a caffeination or like a an upper you know, yeah. I think you you can get into these weird modes of abusing it from a, as a, from like a utility perspective, I, where it's yeah. like I need to wake up, so I'm listening to this right now. You know,
1: I get that. I, I mean, honestly, that's I don't know if that's even abusing it. I, I think about the use of and the utility of music all the time, especially as I'm like getting into more like esoteric things or like again, like going into emotions that I feel like deep, weird sadness, darkness, things that feel creepy or scary or just like mm-hmm. tragic. And I'm, I, 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 I go down a rabbit hole a bit and then I wonder like, what is the utility of this? What is the utility of like, okay, like for instance, what a Valley Boy show has turned into, especially over tour. And like, as my music is kind of leaning a little bit more serious as of late, like, and I, I think it's great too, but like, it's an, it's a silent audience. Yeah. It's, an, it's like a pin drop crowd right uh it's cool i think it's like it reminds me a little bit of the way like i don't know if you've seen like jeff buckley live videos where like you get to this place where it's like okay it's it's very intense there's energy but but people aren't dancing and uh there's a part of me that can get really insecure just by just from the sheer fact that like well shit what what the fuck am i giving people right now what is right. the ability of this right <laughs> Do they need a space to be quiet and listen? Is that is that helping? Don't they want to dance? Shouldn't I just like be doing something, dancey, and fun? Give them a well, little pep? Do you
0: like to dance?
1: Yeah, I mean, in I public. I, yeah, I mean, I fucking love okay. like All move right. music and <laughs> things like that. Like, I I love a good excuse to. I'm not a good dancer by any means, but I'd like a like. Yeah, you know, yeah. put me in a dark room and let me two step to something that feels fun. And now uh, I, yeah. Yeah. When you write these,
0: you said you've been writing a lot of sad songs lately. Is that any indication or, or correlation to your current emotional state or is it not like that?
1: Um, Oh yeah, no, it is. I mean like, again, for me, it's, uh, I'm realizing kind of where I'm at as an artist and, and a craftsman and like how much, i how how much further i have to go because it i am not that in control of it like if i'm in a very sad place here come the sad things if i'm in a happier lovelier place here come the love things and uh yeah i mean at post this tour this this like last year of tour and coming back um it was just like a difficult adjustment and i, I i've kind of always struggled with depression and negativity and I think I got to a place. I, I I literally I think I hit my bottom. I kind of hmm. uh I realized like I just had no further to go being like self-deprecating and negative and um I, I had to start going up. Um and before I decided I hit my bottom, I like had written a couple or a few sadder things. Um and yeah. So that's, did I even, did I answer the question? Yeah. So it, it you is, did. You yeah, did. it's, it's for me still, it's about what emotion am I in? That's basically where I can write or create effectively. I mean, you just described it in a very odd way
0: to me. It sounds like you said you have a long way to go in respect to control in almost in the sense of like, if you're sad, you wanna have the ability to make a non sad song, and that's an indication of your skill as a craftsman. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, I think so. Just like, okay, here are my emotions, here they are. Like, but can I, I you know, I think yeah, yeah. as a, you know, as looking at it, not trying to demystify it. Honestly, I've been reading that uh, I don't know if you've read it, but Neve sent me that book, War of Art. Mm-hmm. Uh, which has been lovely, really kind of helpful to read and like see myself out of some of my, uh, habits that I don't think are that productive. Um, but yeah, well, that's, you know, we-
0: yeah, that's interesting. Cause I feel like there's artists who would say the complete opposite of what you're saying that they may be so stuck in the technical that they just wish they could access the emotion mm. and then they, and then they would be artists, you know? And it's interesting that these, these, two modes. I think they're called Apollonian and Dionysian basically like, actually, as I've gotten older, I move much more to the Apollonian, which is very much like design iteration, sketch phase, progress, know exactly what you're doing. It's very conscious. And the Dionysian is like, you're possessed by a spirit. It's very emotional. You don't know why you're making what you're making, but you're in the flow of the thing. And, uh, most good art is both of those things from what i've seen
1: yeah i uh, that it, it makes sense it feels like the genesis is uh, probably often uh dionysian is that how you said it yeah i don't know if i'm pronouncing
0: it right but you know bacchus it's sure. just the same same god like uh-huh. god of uh god of wine, wine the- and partying yeah. and just like yeah. being lost Again, being possessed, right? There's the idea that you can be possessed by the idea of uh, or by an idea and you have to get it out there and it's using you as the vessel or, and this is what I really do more and more as I get older, is like I'm trying to harness and redirect and control these forces. But sometimes it dries up because I'm trying to, I don't know, exert that, you know, uh, structure or control over something more powerful than me.
1: Yeah, oh, I feel that. I mean, trying trying to control it is a uh, is difficult as well. I think uh, I've I've struggled with trying to control something, in doing so, not really paying attention to what what it's asking to be. Because, right. you know, like you know how it is when you're making something. Like you might have your intention, you might have your emotion, and then you're. Th- but whatever your medium is, is reacting. And, yeah, talking back. Yeah, it talks back and it plays with your limitations and it shows you like what what actually feels good beyond what you thought would feel good, beyond what you felt in your heart needed to happen. What what is the reality which is, you know, generally n- neither one of the the things, neither what you exactly felt nor what you were planning or whatever. Uh, at least that's what I find in the we way. call that
0: the, the boundness of the idea. So it's not an it it's an actual being that is um, you're interacting with, right? And if you if you try to objectify it into an it, like it's just some idea you catch, like you're fishing, mm-hmm. and you have the hook, you're gonna get a, I, I believe, a bad result. But if you speak to it and it speaks back to you in its thouness, in its in its a, uh, again, it's like a being, a sentient being. Then I think you get a very beautiful result often.
1: That is a great way to frame it. Well, Are you calling it it's Thou-ness? Like with the d d a o t t h o u like Thou. Thou, oh, it's Thou.
0: thou. As opposed okay. to it. Yeah, right. and so like, this is what baffles me about anyone who's atheistic and makes things. Um, because I believe atheism is reserved for consumerist societies, because I, I don't think they can, they don't do that. You know, they just it everything. Uh-huh. They buy it, they become its, and it's just it's all the way down. And thus, they think that this world is just an it, and uh, it'll end too, like
1: a product. And then there's no <laughs> there's obsolescence to it, you know. That's beautiful. That's interesting as well. Yeah, I mean, I guess because what they don't you need a thouness in order to to. I mean, you you in endow something with spirit, you recognize that there is spirit in other things beyond just their possessability, beyond their it. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, I think
0: it's so obvious to me that, I don't know, there's many things beyond this it plane beyond like the material plane. And for me, like art and music are very clear indicators of that. I don't know if I'm talking to demons. When I make it, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I think it's logical that you might encounter good and bad beings in that process, like beings that want to use you and, and uh, maybe use you for commercial ends or something or, or benevolent beings in that process.
1: You know, I, I want to talk about this a little bit further because I, this idea was something that also was one of my arguments for, Hopping out of my fucking emotional bottom mm. i was I was literally feeling like quite abandoned by that spirit of inspiration and whatever the you know that boundness that you look for while creating and i you know in let's call it a character like imagining if it's angels or God or whatever forces that might come around the muses and they like talk about it, yeah yeah you know? yeah, and i I got. I reached a point where I was thinking, well, why would they stick around right now? You're a bad time, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. they don't. Yeah. They have better places to be. If you're just going to keep beating yourself up, they don't want to see that. I mean, in the, even when they give you something, you get upset. So they're probably like, right. I, I can't be pleased next. Right, right, right. You're probably not very
0: grateful when it comes. You're looking for the next thing. And
1: oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Exactly that mentality of like, oh shit, I just got one. And now instead of being happy, fear, am I not going to do it right? Fear, is, it no- is another one never going to come? Right? And if you if you believe that what you received was something from outside yourself, somehow it was a gift, it was inspiration, it was some muse, it was an angel, it was a demon who, who, who was excited about music, whatever you want to call it. I mean, if you give them any sort of personality at all, you got to figure they're going to react with personality too. And they're not going to be pleased if you... Just keeping a dick about it, right? And
0: yeah, that's definitely. I believe what happens. I don't know any artists who would say that. I mean, I haven't met him yet, I guess, but who thinks they're just like a remix machine of some internal psychology? I think most artists know that what they're getting is not. It's getting beamed down to them, um, and. I do believe we, we are indebted to that thing. Um, I don't know. It's so clearly a, a magical practice. I guess one could approach it from a non-spiritual place. But that sounds like... I, I can't even imagine at this point. It, it's so obviously something you don't have total control of. Um, and I don't think it's just like psychological, unconscious, you know, trash heap that you're sifting through. I think, I think it's what I'm, what we're talking about here. And what you're saying makes sense to me. Like, yeah, be polite to them. Be polite to them as guests.
1: Yeah. Just like you would your own friends. I mean, like, and I mean, it has to do with like, treat yourself better too. Along the way, it'll pay off. I feel that I see that. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's interesting to think about. Uh and it's been kind of helpful for me too. It's given me a different sense of peace. Of like, okay, well, if I if I've been in a in a state that I haven't been enjoying, like how can I reflect on it? What's actually been going on and what are the forces at play here? What am I putting into it? Well, in your pers- from your perspective, I'm sure you from day 1,
0: I mean, I did interview Ian, so I know at a very young age you were both interested in music, but yeah. are are you where you thought you would be or should be at this point are you um, grateful or disappointed do you think you i don't know what are your
1: dreams at this point you know i i i grew up with a you know what my first musical influence was my father and uh he's a musician himself a songwriter himself though not like necessarily a very successful one and um love the beatles he grew up he he grew up also it's funny we talk about it but totally atheist Hmm. absolutely atheistic uh the only thing he might believe in is music but even in that i think it's 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 not, uh, I don't know, he doesn't see it spiritually. Right. Um, he, he might say differently where he listening to this, but I, that's the way I, I've ex- experienced it through him. Um, and he's always been a very really harsh critic of what I've done. And I think also, so I grew up kind of without a sense of God in my life. Uh, and I've kind of come to God as an adult which like feels like showing up really late to a party that (laughs) could have been really nice to have, have in the back pocket. Uh, You know, I don't know you can't keep a party in your back pocket unless we're talking about drugs, but Mm -hmm. whatever. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so he was kind of like my God for a while and he was really hard to please. And one that was always very critical of me. So I think I, no matter what success I, I encountered, up until now I was never pleased with it because I didn't, I felt like I had disappointed my father. Mm. Um, you know, I I became a successful songwriter first before being a successful artist. And, uh, even that I don't, I didn't, I didn't really hold it in much esteem.
0: Can you clarify those two things for people? The the difference between a songwriter and an artist?
1: Yeah. So um, You know, they're not mutually exclusive, but there are people in music who work specifically on like, they write songs with other people with other songwriters, or other artists, but the songs are for the use of uh, like other artists to sing, essentially. So you work songwriters will work for and on. Artist projects like Maroon Five, and they're writing songs that Adam Levine will sing. Sometimes Adam Levine will play a part in writing them. Sometimes not, but always there will also be like songwriters who are writing these things uh, for Maroon Five. So the song will come out, and it will say, "You know, Denim Jacket" by Maroon Five. Um, but that's a song that I wrote. You know, and this
0: is literally what happened. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 So now then you pivot to the idea of an artist. And I assume you mean someone who creates their own original material and performs it.
1: Yeah, or at the very least performs their own material that has their name and face on it. You know, like they, their ego, their physical being is tied into it. You can go and find them on the internet and you type this song and usually it's like them singing it or whatever. Them and a group of their people if they're a band. you know, They're the right. one. It's more holistic,
0: more transparent.
1: You know yeah. who, You know who made it
0: as they say, you know what's going into the sausage. I yeah, think I think that's the same. Um, yeah.
1: I mean, although I will say that I think in a lot of music, even music released by artists, a lot of people don't realize what goes into that sauce, and they think they're listening to I don't know. Let's, who's a pop artist that you you know about or like right now, Michael? You always like pop people.
0: Yeah, I'm usually pretty studious about that, but I really have stopped all that. So okay. I really don't have that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm changing the way I ingest music in a far more uh, deliberate manner and trying to understand. I'm taking very seriously because I am a person who hears lyrics first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very seriously what I'm hearing. And it's hard to not see how corruptive a lot of it is. Even if it's not intending to be so, it doesn't tend to lift the spirit up. It might lift the the body up for a party here and there, but I'm more and more looking for music that it elevates the soul. You might say.
1: Fair enough. Well, let's take an, <laughs> an artist who I think is is deeply successful, makes really fun music. Sure. That probably spiritually, you might find after listening to it for a while that you're like you're not being encouraged to uplift your spirit. Let's say the weekend, right? The okay. weekend. The artist, sure. Uh, The weekend releases the music, makes the music, sings the music, writes part of the music. But if you go and you, if you want to see how the sausage is made, you might find when you look at the Spotify credits on a song, for instance, like the Weekend song "I Can't Feel My Face," that the Weekend may be a writer on the song along with you know something like five to six other people. If
0: not more, yeah. I mean, yeah, if there's, not more. There's like a Beyonce track that I once looked up, and it was like the dude from Dirty Projectors was on there with like 12 other people, and he wrote like one lyric or something. <laughs> and you could really tell he wrote it, which was yeah. like really interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dave Longstrom, yeah, that's sick, yeah. So you um, were basically saying that uh, you had, in some sense, I think you had succeeded as a songwriter.
1: Yeah, right. I, and right, for me, that meant I had had songs that were on the radio. I was making a living at it. That felt like success to me, you know. Like I mean, generally, I think it's it's difficult to achieve some sort of like stable economic foothold pursuing. Yeah. I think whenever an artist has some sort of like stable economic situation from their art. It's a, it, that's pretty rare. That's a success. You know, you took your painting and you made it something that you're doing full time and supporting you. You took whatever it is, your music, your acting. I mean, God, it's astronomical odds to be able to make it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's a little bit different when you get into arts that have some more like obvious utility. Like if we talk about cooking, I think it's a little bit easier to look at cooking sometimes as a trade. And, you know, there's a little bit more paid work perhaps for cooks not necessarily though being a chef like creating your own recipes and having your own thing but
0: yeah i mean the truth is being very good at anything is low probability but if you're not if you're mediocre to bad at art there's no use for you in society and frankly there shouldn't be because At the end, it's a fairly, can often be fairly self-centered activity. And unless you succeed at such a high level, then you're reduced to just like a selfish, useless person. (laughs) And I think at its highest, it's very high, right? Like it's inexhaustible what Michael Jackson musically gives the world. But everyone who failed to be him, Oh, I mean, they they took the shot, you know, and they missed. And yeah. And that's it. And there's a beauty to the brutality of that. It's almost like an athletic, it's almost like the NBA or NFL. It's very extreme. And that's why I don't encourage people to be artists. In fact, I often tell them not to be.
1: Yeah. I I mean, man, it's difficult even. Yeah. uh, I I struggle to hear you say that and not think like, ah, fuck, I've been very selfish because here I am trying to get Valley boy off the ground and it's just a small thing. It's taken already years. It's difficult. I'm struggling still. This just feels like almost entirely selfish as an enterprise. Well, I don't want to be simplistic. Like, again, you have
0: to be be objective with yourself and feel that, and I think we can say you are giving, right? If if you feel the crowd is there, if it's a pin drop crowd and they're into it, like, you know, it's not like you're just sitting around jerking off all day or doing heroin. Like there's certainly sure. more selfish things. Like, yeah, I think you've reached a level that it isn't just about some narcissistic indulgence. I think once you reach a certain level, you've encountered these beings, I'll call them, you start to develop a sense of indebtedness to them and to, at least that's how I feel that. If I'm given a gift, then I owe that which gave it to me mm-hmm. to, to do it to the highest degree. And that means I should be able to suffer through a lot of things, um, that, I myself don't want to go through because it should be for something higher um, than making money or clout. So I don't know. I think that spiritual anchor is the way you get through the
1: problems and rough patches of making. Yeah. I I think uh, that that's beautiful that you've, you've kind of found that already for yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, It's like you said, it might be a little, it's a, a little late game. I mean, we're not that old, but, um, do you, is that new to you, this, this kind of mentality, S- say again, is it new to you? The mentality, like this, this kind of relationship with your art and feeling about it. Whoa. Possibility hmm. to whatever you've made a connection with. No, it's a
0: progression and I'll try to explain it quickly. Cause this interview isn't about me, <laughs> but like, uh, maybe around 25 uh-huh. When, when the craft starts to take a backseat because you have it somewhat under control, yeah, you can start to interact with, I guess I would say, the, the process itself of making. And via that process, I came to reconnect with God because God created me. And via the process of creation, I started to almost, uh, I don't know if empathize or sympathize makes sense, but I started to feel that, recursive quality there and i think that's how you know god is through making and i don't i mean making anything i mean we as people made everything in the past almost everything and i think that imbued the world with meaning and spirit and uh then as it progressed over time into just normal maturity which a lot of it happened outside of art making but then bled back in which is like you have to be in service of others as a mature adult. And that led me to far more like design oriented work, fabrication, furniture, making graphic design, uh, branding and whatnot, because I like the interacting with clients and and helping them, you know, fulfill their dream of starting this or that company. Mm-hmm. And then I, I do think that reduces certain depression and anxiety because those things tend to result from thinking about yourself. And when you're dealing with other people, it's pretty hard to go into those, those places, I think. Yeah. I think the, y- the only thing is you lose, like I, I'm very frank about it. Like you, you certainly lose some things. You, you lose the opportunity for self expression. Although the more I look at the notion of self expression, The more I find it suspect. Like (laughs) we, (laughs) we hold it up as like the holy grail, right? But if you, I, I think it, it charts and trends with a certain increase in individualism and narcissism, historically speaking. Before that, you had craftspeople and people who worked upon the mythology of their culture, whether, whatever religion that may have been. And so, they were never that concerned with self expression. The self surely expressed itself via the making of anything, but sure. the goal wasn't just that. And I do believe there's something inherently uh, toxic about that focus. And it, it's not coincidental to me that so many artists suffer from mental problems when the, the practice of modernity for artists is typically a very, very self-involved thing.
1: Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I'm not saying that to discourage anything you're doing. It's very real. I mean, I think that's part of, I I felt uh, ill-equipped because I think I was very into artists in a, in a way as a child that had, very little to do with who they were. It mm. wasn't important to me. I barely—I didn't fucking know that Led Zeppelin wasn't a solo artist for a long time. The music was important to me. Right. I didn't go into the autobiographical detail of of David Bowie, though he was my favorite artist. I mean, I, I still haven't gotten through a full David Bowie document, like uh, not doc, but like biography. Hmm. Um, I think I was always interested in the art and that was enough i didn't need the, the rest and it seems like a lot of maybe it's always been and i'm um, just awakening to it but yeah so much of today's like m- art marketplace is about the the selling the artist selling not the uh, creation but selling the person who made it and what's so special about them and how they were able to make it versus yeah, else. yeah
0: Selling the flesh. The world is increasingly a meat market. So they yeah. sell, they sell the thing people recognize. If you show up and you try to sell soul and spirit and people don't know that it exists or not, they don't believe it exists, then you're not going to sell very much. And yeah, I run into this problem quite a bit. If you toil away on something and yeah. I'm not trying to be so dramatic, but, but no one notices the, the element uh that's supposed to be transcendent and they're very focused on the very simple, like the fleshy part, it can become kind of discouraging in the long term,
1: oh yeah, man. I mean, tell me about it that's like the story of the fucking valley boy saga these like's been like bled over and uh i mean not not that not that there hasn't been like uh And not that I haven't done missteps and it's just, Oh, the world hasn't perceived me, but exactly. Yeah. We don't want to go there. No, but it is, it is just, it makes it harder to pallet uh, you know, the void when you feel like you've put so much into it and so much craft versus, uh, and if you look around and you can see maybe, Oh, that's, these people aren't doing that and it's going well. And it seems like I'm, I'm missing the point. Maybe the point wasn't this like steeping all the craft in all of like every, Trick and every detail being right. Or it's it's tricky. It's really tricky. Like I think about
0: R. L. Stein and I wonder, could he only write at a fifth grade level? And that's why he was so good at writing at a fifth grade level? Or was he like a really brilliant and he made a decision? I'm gonna write at a fifth grade level.
1: You know, I wanna that's an interesting thing to talk about and explore. Um just in general, the idea of making Art that appeals to children. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've looked at it for a long time as lesser art. I, um, And then there's fucking Halloween last night, <laughs> and all these cute kids are coming to the door. And what my honest feeling is like, I'm nervous that these little kids aren't going to like me and aren't going to think I'm cool. Uh-huh. I'm nervous. <laughs> like, I want the approval. Not- I don't care about. The fucking random people at the hip party. I felt it in my core. I was like, oh, fuck. I hope these children enjoy this three-second interaction with me. I don't know why, but I felt it deeply. Were you and making I, music or are you just giving them candy? I'm No, I'm fucking just handing them Twix and Reese's or whatever. I'm just giving them candy. Right. But it made me realize, like, why why have I put so little stock in the idea of like a creation that is enjoyed by children? I still like, I mean, I grew up loving Disney films and animated films and I still love like my cartoons and I'm all about my animes and things that are maybe not so high art all the time. But, uh, I think in terms of RL Stein, I don't think that, I don't think that's an indication of him being a lesser artist. I would say that with confidence now.
0: I mean, I think about no, like- no, that's not the, the thing I'm speaking to. Actually, what I'm saying is, is he choosing to uh-huh. be something, or is he simply a dude who can write really great at a fifth grade level? And I'm not insult That's not insult. I'm yeah. saying connecting with his audience. Now, does he does he really really want to write books for? like intellectuals and this is something he did to make money or is he just like really in tune with the fifth grade mind. And if he is, it kind of reminds me of Katy Perry and her bullshit music, which is like, she's like stuck in high school party mode in like a, and I'm pretty sure she probably is actually as well mentally. And this kind of uh, audience captivity where it's like, you have to pick your audience really carefully because it's what you're going to focus on. And then it's going to feed back into your actual brain and being. And like, I don't know, every time I hear a Katy Perry song, I'm like, you're like 35, 40 and you're writing songs about like, I don't know, you know, like a high school drama. There's something really, really strange about this. Um, I think the audience feeds back and then, it'd be funny if RL Stein was just like behaviorally like a fifth grader or something. I don't know if he was, but I think the reason you're not making things for kids is we make for what's right in front of us right now. One kids don't have money, but two, you don't have any kids. And like the minute you, you did, I'm sure you would seriously consider that as a, you know, valid thing.
1: Yeah. Maybe so. Yeah. I mean, well, what do you think about, here's a dumb big art, but you know, Picasso. <laughs> yeah. That guy, you, you may look at a Picasso and say, I mean, I think in Picasso's case, it seemed like he was choosing his abstractions. He There's was no cho- doubt that he was, yeah, he was, yeah. Cause, I mean, like I've gone through and watched him to like gone through in Barcelona and the Picasso museum. You see him like as a 13 year old and a 14 year old and a 15 year old are already doing these very complex studies that feel you know, like he has a real mastery of anatomy, of perspective and depth and mm-hmm. light and dark, uh, long before he decided to make things that are really flat and blocky. Certainly, certainly, you know, fifth grade, but with an edge. And the question is, how do I feel about that? Um, I guess, no, I mean, yeah, sure. How do you feel about it? <laughs> <laughs> Part of it's, it is unanswerable until we get R.L. Stein on the phone. Yeah, I
0: know. I'll get Can him on the next one. you write well, sir? <laughs> write me something complicated. Get him on the next podcast. Uh, Page of Joyce, please. <laughs> Proving. I mean, I think Picasso's amazing and inexhaustible in certain ways. But there's something interesting about that time period where what a lot of artists represent is just an exposure to a certain way of working that wasn't, it's not like the internet existed, right? So Van Gogh is relevant largely because he saw Japanese woodblock prints and then that influenced his paintings and people hadn't seen Japanese woodblock prints in the West. So they were blown away. And then Picasso is largely African art Mm -hmm. uh, influenced. I'm not saying he's only that, but like, a lot of its edge comes from that, and they, that doesn't exist anymore. You cannot be relevant uh, simply because you have access to a culture that hasn't been revealed to the one you're in, because that's already been done.
1: Yeah, it's, it's but now you're relevant if you already exist. That's kind of an interesting thing, too, because we before, I think, you know it's interesting to talk about cultures and like what access you have to cultures that other people haven't been able to tap into yet. I think, I mean, I think that's always being searched for in some way, especially now, like with like art artist identity being a little bit more important these days, I'd say.
0: Right. Maybe that's like the, the atomization of the process. Now the, I, the artist identity, if they can make it themselves quirky or idiosyncratic enough, they're like a culture revealed. And but what happens is you create a cult of personality within yourself and it's often antithetical to maturing because what I'm seeing about maturing is you you, you actually, you don't express every idiosyncratic quirk, uh, for the greater good in some sense. And that's a weird idea coming from an artist because a lot of the times you think, Oh, I'll do this to be weird and novel. And that will give me some value. But this is like a cheap trick, ultimately. And it wears thin quickly. Yeah. Now, in music, it's even, you know, it's far more about the person than art. So, you know, I know Valley Boy is, at the moment, it's largely you, right? Just you. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. And... I mean, how do you feel about this uh, focus on you?
1: It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, starting as a duo, I think, allowed me to have a little bit more distance from what was being created as Valley Boy. I mean, I, I was still the primary like songwriter. Mm-hmm. Thing never really changed, but the... You know, like having someone to share it with, I th- in some ways made that part of it easier for me. I mean, now that it, it has to be like the thing is me, uh, uh, it's difficult. I mean, I, I think especially if I, if I'm struggling with my own, uh, relationship with myself, it, then it becomes even harder to then go full force into this thing that is, uh, Valley Boy, which is just me. Um, I think honestly it it would be healthier were I to have a little bit more of a clear idea of if Valley Boy was its own separate thing, and he he has these ways of acting and oh like yeah, like a Father John misty dynamic, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I see the the use of creating that for yourself, I mean, shit, a prince, a uh, Frank ocean, like these are not their names, well, but your name, uh, right, nor is Valley Boy my name, but I guess yeah. i yeah, I wonder how they. I mean, I think it's helpful at least to not have it be my name, but I, I guess it still brings up questions of like self that, uh, often I'm not that I don't have an answer for. Does Brittany struggle with that or is that just very comfortable for her? Um, I don't think she struggles with it the same way. I think she's, but I think also she's a little more sure of herself. She just doesn't think about it too much. Uh, I like look at what I'm doing and like, what's special about this or this is silly or people don't want to see this. And I, I don't know what self to show. I mean, generally I don't, uh, I don't know anymore, man. I mean, what are you <laughs> like, fucking artists? Like uh, it was never my forte in art artistry to begin with. Like the creation of a persona was never the thing I focused on. I was always just, into the music so i guess it's (laughs) i'm still struggling to figure out how to make that shit interesting i'm a guy well like
0: in contrast you toured with did you tour with jeremy zucker yeah yeah and he's like he's like a thing right he's like a it's about jeremy zucker
1: yeah i guess so
0: yeah he's like a big uh, persona correct
1: yeah, I I guess yeah, I mean certainly to his his fans, he's there they're about him. I mean like they love the songs too, but yeah, it's also it's his name. He's the thing. That's what I
0: mean like yeah, he's he he is what he is. Yeah. And and it's it's not separated. And so maybe some people are just comfortable with that and yeah. others need that distance like like cuz Josh Tillman is not that music's not interesting when he's doing it under Josh Tillman And I'll, I'll be curious to see if he ever goes back to that name and that mode of working, which is kind of just like watered down fleet foxes. Um, but I have always found that strange that some people need to put that mask on to become themselves.
1: Yeah, it is strange. So you don't need to do that. Me? Yeah. I mean, I think as a visual artist,
0: like, like I talked to Dory about this, right? Sure. Like I was kind of asking Dory, why do you think it was necessary to create an entire record, record label with like nine to 12 personas for you to really start getting the work out there? He was kind of saying, like, I was hung up on putting out the perfect Dory Bavarsky album. And that really was just like a block for him, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Now, as a visual artist, I just don't, I always thought that, and this is no judgment on anyone else, but like, I always wanted to keep things my name and to show, I hope by the time I'm dead, like to show the world that you can do a lot of different things as one individual under that one name. And and people can appreciate the, the, the multiplicity of the expression of that person as opposed to kind of like changing my name to do whatever fabrication or a kid's yes. book or this or that. Um, I just thought there was more ownership of the thing. I had, I had played with the idea, but then I ultimately thought like if I need to make a pseudonym to make illustration, yeah. then, then I shouldn't make illustration because that means I don't want to do it or I'm not comfortable being seen as doing that thing.
1: That's interesting. I mean, I guess part of the reason to have a, a name Valley boy, like in music too, I guess you got to have a hot name man. you got to have some clever name. I mean, you don't have to, there's a million examples of not having to, but there's just like, there's a precedent set of like, what's your interesting, like, how do you bring people to you? Uh, no, it's a good
0: name. Uh, you release music under your, Now let me get this straight.
1: Your real name is my real name is James Haleb. Right. So actually, now James Haleb um, Amaradio, because Brittany and I hyphenated. Okay.
0: Well, all right. So there's like a there's a progression. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would be your final form. (laughs) You started off just Haleb. Yeah. And then you chose. I am assuming it's your middle name, James Allen? Or no? Yeah. Okay. And you released music under that,
1: right? I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I was making YouTube videos under that name for for some time. I never I guess I did release some recordings back when the internet was younger. I like I took them down already like I mean, shit, I don't even have that music. But yeah, I made I made some music under James Allen, which is pretty not a very colorful name to be honest
0: yeah I, well, how did you like you made a decision to not use your chalib yeah i should have yeah yeah why
1: do you know why you made that decision just hard to pronounce uh, a bit hard to pronounce and i don't think i was ever really comfortable with like my egyptian heritage and i hadn't really i didn't really understand it uh i wasn't really brought up like l- learning much about it. Um, so I didn't feel like I could confidently own it. And I mean, also like, shit, dude, I'm like I'm the nine eleven 11 generation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm middle Eastern. Uh, we were talking about like getting stopped at the airports and stuff. Mm-hmm. The last name to me, especially as a kid was kind of a, a point of anxiety. Um, and and so I had this last name that is Egyptian and my heritage, which is Egyptian, but no real. Like I'd never been to Egypt. My Egyptian grandfather was kind of a monster. And, <laughs> you know, like I didn't I didn't grow up really understanding that side of myself. So I used my middle name for sheer lack of creativity, honestly. Interesting. No, just curious because we're on that topic. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think, yeah, now having the name versus my own name, it is it, for some reason the one degree of separation is helpful. I mean, that's even why I use the, the moniker Valley Boy Sucks on Instagram. Uh, I mean, hey, I, what's up with that? I couldn't take social media seriously to begin with. So that was the idea of it to begin with. It's like, all right, well, cool. It's got this silly name, so I, I don't have to care about it too much. And, I thought about changing it a lot of times. I think now what, and, and I've had people talk me out of it and people tell me to stop using it. And one thing that I, I come back to with the socks is uh, that like kind of silly saying, but dare to suck.
0: I don't know that one.
1: You never heard dare
0: to? Oh, suck? oh sure. It's like, it's almost like, uh, you know, it's like take a risk and yeah. maybe, maybe maybe it works, maybe it doesn't
1: yeah and I guess I've struggled with taking myself and my art very seriously and holding it to a very high standard and then and then often feeling very let down so well, i guess- is it that or is it a ironic deflection because clearly you take the art
0: seriously in fact, when I think of artists, you take like you really toil over tracks and and are really concerned about what goes out what doesn't go out so I have a hard time believing you don't take it seriously.
1: No, I do. I mean, honestly, yeah. I it's a it, it it's ironic, but I I hope for it to be something that can be freeing of one day. Oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> like the hope is that I can take it less seriously. The hope is that I can remember, all right, well fuck, if I if I really suck anyways, then I shouldn't be disappointed that if it's not perfect, and then I should have some peace. <laughs>
0: mhm. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't it's not been especially effective, but uh You'll probably never rid yourself
0: of that kind of, uh, it seems like you're, you know, mental dynamic. Like it's how you make things.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like I've, I've challenged people before, you know, there's people who draw really slow, really meticulous. I'll be like, can you just make a drawing in five minutes and just show me, you know? Yeah. And oftentimes it's like, it's literally impossible for them. And, uh, I really do like those kind of games though, those constraint games where it's like, you know, like, like let's say we said to you, you got to make a song in one hour. You have no control and it has to be like published that day. Yeah. Um, it's fascinating to think like what, what you would make, you know, like these games that might hem you in and might honestly might make you grow in, in kind of horrifying ways.
1: Yeah. Fuck man. Put me on the regimen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the regiment is, is real. That would be fun, right? You had a... <laughs> it would probably sound like a nightmare to you. You have one hour to make a song. The moment's done. You have to put it on the internet, Instagram, everything.
1: Yeah, that does sound really horrifying. But I, <laughs> in a way, the other side of it, it can't be any scarier than spending years on a song True. and not having the courage to release it and being haunted by it. Because I feel like all these creations that we never fully come around to, or if we don't we don't have the strength to just like release it, it they they at least for me they can be really uh ghostly right go, right like phantoms like yeah. because apparitions of like what about this chorus you wrote it four years ago, you can still remember it all it must be good, right what are you doing with that thing so are you not very intuitive, you don't trust
0: like uh or are you intuitive like
1: how much do you trust those kind of voices Um, you know I've I've fallen off of trusting them and I think that (laughs) that, that's the wrong way that's the wrong path I think the stronger you can keep your trust with those voices the better because I don't think that there's any one at the end of your life who's going to tally up all of your correct artistic decisions and your incorrect ones you're just going to have to live in your own head every single day and if you live inside yeah. a head constantly feeling like it's wrong, it's just a fucking worse life than if you lived in a head that made choices and lived with them and moved on to make more choices. Right. Yeah. One of
0: the main things I tell young artists is like, no one gives a shit about you. So just put things out. And then one day if someone does give a shit about you, you'll have a new problem that's better. And you'll have to start curating a bit more but in the meantime first of all the attention span of of people at this point is just it's just not there really but it Uh, must be weird because you're probably in a a bit of a middle position mm -hmm. where you feel like and I feel like I went there once in my comic career and my decision was kind of for many reasons to stop making comics at the time maybe cowardice potentially I'm open to it but uh yeah, you
1: comics
0: you, you might be in the middle place right where it's like you, you you probably feel like you're there are eyes on you you know when you make the music it's not like you're obscure it's not like you're super famous so you're but do you want to be do you want to be in this place where there's even more eyes i assume i assume you do
1: i think so i guess and i think about why um but you know i think i would like to because i i I make this music and i make art but i and i uh, uh, i do it because i hope it can help some way i'm trying to give back i'm not building a house for someone right now i didn't study medicine i didn't study law i didn't study web design (laughs) <laughs> I, love art, and I love people, and I love the feeling of being able to have a room full of however many people, if it's 100, if it's 2,000, and be able to give something to them. Because I think deep down, I just fucking love people. I love oh, people that's good. At the grocery store. I want to be their friend. I hope they're having a good day. In fact, sometimes I don't like to go out because I, fe- <laughs> I get overwhelmed by it. And I'll feel sad, and I hope they're okay, and I hope they're having a good day, and I hope they're all right. And I, I go to a grocery store, and I see who's like behind the counter, and if she's like looking sad, I just I get really upset, and I think, oh, she doesn't want to be here; she wants to be doing something else with her life right now. And people are being assholes to her probably today, and and fuck, <laughs> and I I literally don't know how else to help. So I guess I would I'd love to be in a place where I'm that you can call it famous, whatever, helping, I mean, I think with music and with art, if you're at that level, that means that you're able to, you're making contact with that many people and you're giving them something. Hopefully you're giving them something good, but you're definitely giving them something. Right. And, uh, you know, I I would love to feel that useful, truly. To love to feel like it's uh, what, what I'm, what I've put all this effort into yeah, it can go out into the world and it can reverberate and hopefully in a positive way makes somebody f- feel a way. I mean, like and also I and mean, why it's music for me and not architecture is because music was the thing that reached out and touched me when I was a kid and when I was you know couldn't be. Consoled by any other forces. It right. wasn't film. I not that film isn't amazing. It wasn't any of the other great arts. It was music. It was I could put on my fucking headphones. I could do it in class. I could do wherever. And then suddenly I had a space to occupy that wasn't so fucked up. Mm-hmm. I could control it. What space I wanted to occupy when, what feeling I wanted to have when. And I felt like whoever was giving it to me was really giving me some sort of energy that I needed. Right. No, it makes sense. You know,
0: one week I just didn't listen to music. Wow, it was weird. But then it reminded me, like, wow, when um, before MP3 players and phones, it was like really hard for me to. So I have four brothers, right? And we like, I didn't really have privacy. It's really hard for me to listen to music that that I was choosing to listen to. You know, most most of my youth and it's just really strange. I don't know. There's something strange about how ubiquitous music is. And and I see sometimes I'm just using it as background and I'm trying to avoid that. That's why I did that one week where I was just like, let's not listen to it. Or I would listen to like, I have a radio in my car and that's a whole different experience. Honestly, you have no control. I mean, you can skip around, but, it isn't about what you want to hear. Yeah, not really. It, it's it's very very weird. Uh, that's a bit of a non sequitur. But I was just thinking about as a, as a kid, you're you're talking about the worlds you can choose to avoid sure. the world you're in, and that's a very powerful thing. It's why, like, when you're a teenager, people are deeply identifying with bands and musicians and i used to judge people because i liked the good music and they didn't and no one's really doing that with fine art or or like art in general there's something about music that's very um can be very brainwashy very impactful and uh, that's why it has great potential to be harmful and and also to be very healing
1: yeah yeah It, it, it certainly can be both i mean shit as an art form i mean i think about messaging and art too a lot and i think i've struggled being a uh, when i was working more full-time as a pop songwriter i struggled with that a lot too and i think i didn't get along in a lot of circles because i just kind of <laughs> me with my fucking rhetoric degree from uc berkeley i was wow. really upset with the messaging in certain songs and what kind of narratives we're making and who we're trying to exploit here and what what is the idea we're giving these these, you know, kids?
0: Yeah, I remember their- you saying you didn't want to use the word baby anymore, but I don't think that one stuck. That was like a while back. Neve's backyard. It was probably like eight years ago. But I'm pretty sure you've used the word baby since. Oh
1: man. You've seen the word <laughs> uh, the word baby is really important to me
0: now. But <laughs> Well you you matured. I mean Yeah. I, uh, because there's an infantilizing aspect to love that is actually important. And if you get too serious about it and you say, no, 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 no. This is an adult thing where there's no childlike elements. You just become a a stone. Oh yeah. Worthless.
1: I, that word now in love and in music, I, I get it. I didn't (laughs) fucking get it. I didn't get it. And I think I see it now. I have a, I have a loving relationship. I'm so lucky and I'm, I'm fucking lucky that I have, I can call Britney baby. I'm, lu- I'm lucky she lets me. I'm lucky that I have the, these moments in my life where I can take care of her and I can feel she can let down her guard and she doesn't have to be a full adult. You I mean, can yeah. trust me in those moments and she can feel comfortable to just be baby for that moment. And we can be silly. I mean, like, uh, being able to be childlike with someone is this um, beautiful... I mean, those are the people that are your best friends in life and maybe your best loves. The people you feel you can let down that guard and you can let down that, you know, that the maturity that we have to develop in order to survive and protect ourselves. Certainly, yeah. Now,
0: when you feel judged when making the music, I like to imagine with art that there's both living and dead former artists watching me. And there's like... I can name some of them. You know, there's probably ten of them at any given time. Maybe they rotate out. But for you, I'm assuming Jeff Buckley's up in there. But who who's up in the judgment cloud? You know, who are you? He's
1: tra- who are you trying to live up to? Um, uh, yeah, Jeff Buckley's there with his beautiful voice and his ethereal songs. And whenever I'm feeling a little too formulaic, a little too angularly pop, or not too adventurous, or whatever, he's there, and I, he's maybe he's giving me a sad shake of his head. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I love his music, and I it's it's important to me. And uh, it's it was so important to me that I felt I had to take many steps away from it because I felt I was too close to it. And now, after touring and being able to play for people and sing for people, I, I feel a little more comfortable kind of coming back to it uh but he's there uh i would say john lennon is there really uh yeah i mean he he he's a huge songwriter in my life and in my head and listening to the beatles and then thereafter listening to john lennon's solo work is just he's he's there uh as i'm struggling to modulate like change keys within songs and (laughs) as i'm Getting a little too uh I don't know, not creative enough. I mean, like he's who I think of when I think of creativity. I think of John Lennon, I think of this he for some reason he kind of represents this like unbounded melodic and lyrical creativity. I mean, Paul McCartney too, with he's got just fantastic creative invention there, but I'm realizing I'm also I'm only gonna name like freaking pop artists. I, I don't no, think but about, that's interesting. That's I very interesting. I don't think about I guess I'll think you about don't need Mozart. to. I, when I sit down and play piano, sometimes I think about Mozart, but it's just for... I mean, sorry, not Mozart. I think about Chopin, but just a little bit.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, look, uh, you make pop music, so yeah. why wouldn't it be as such? You don't need to prove your uh, high brownness. This is about you yeah. and, and the people judging you inside your brain.
1: I think uh, I would have Amy Winehouse up there, but honestly, I should think about her more because I feel like she'd be a good time. Honestly, all these people would be a good time uh, if I really were like, all right, let me imagine them, and let me imagine we're actually hanging out. I think we're going to have a lot. Like, this is going to be fun.
0: Oh, no, this isn't hanging out. This is like you feel ashamed because you've let these people down.
1: I think about David Bowie, and I think about Prince. Wow, okay. And I do think about... um, I think about D'Angelo. He's alive, you know. He can be alive. He yeah, be he, alive.
0: it could yeah. be your friends. It could be Neve. It could be Ian. No,
1: I do think about Neve and Ian. I do think about them. Truly, uh, their music, their opinions musically, or you know, it was like the it was my highest compliment at my last show. Uh, the the Valley Boy headline show was mm-hmm. Eve, and uh, like after the show like just saying that it was the best Valley boy show he'd ever been to. Uh, and it really, it really meant a lot to me because yeah, Neve is definitely in my like critics box in my head Nice when I'm making music. Um, because he's someone who's exposed me to so much great art and so much great music. And I owe a lot of my musical taste to things he liked and same with Ian. Uh, but yeah, those are those are the, the main ones up there. They hang out. And they all remain generally unimpressed. Yeah, they're just they're just really disappointed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sometimes I like to wrap it up with a joke. Do you have a joke for me? Uh, I'm I'm my sense of humor is specific to speaking in a made up language with my wife. Okay, that's not gonna fly here. Situational and between me making noises at her or calling her some like very inappropriate things that she loves. And I don't know what our what our our rating is on this podcast right now, but
0: Oh, it's it's whatever, but those things are private. Those things should be kept between you two. Those are not public jokes, those are intimate, you know, connections
1: what what do you have one
0: this is your i'm I'm collecting them yeah i just i'm just collecting them
1: (laughs) i wish you had told me that i would have
0: no 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 like no i mean i guess for you maybe you'd like to toil over that joke for that's right a couple weeks refining it tweaking it but now the whole (laughs) the whole point is to catch people off guard um but that's fine sometimes people don't have the jokes um I just, I just want to keep the spirit of jokes alive. I find more and more people just like
1: don't know any or don't want to tell me jokes, can't remember them. I wrote something that was funny recently. Go Maybe ahead. you'd in- enjoy this. Sure, let's see. All right, because it's a song. But yes. I enjoyed it. You're gonna play me a song. Can I just sing you the the couple of stanzas that I, that are slightly humorous? Like it ends. Sure. A way. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cuz I was like, you know, I was trying to find my way through what started off as a very depressing poem and then I felt like, all right, I need to be able to slightly laugh at myself. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let me let me give it to you. Can you can you hear whatever. It might be a little broken. I can I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Ah, uh, should I just speak it? Whatever. I'll sing it to you and if you didn't get it, I'll I'll speak it to you real quick. Uh a fly landed on my arm, I didn't wave him off I was thinking about who I'd attracted, and maybe I should try to embrace it. Sitting with my new friend, counting the eyes he's got. In the 10,000 ways I'm reflected. Then he flew away and I felt rejected. Goes into a thing after that, but. I sing that line and it makes me smile. That's about the closest thing to a joke I have. Right
0: no, that's good. I like that a lot. I like the idea of um your self esteem being you know <laughs> predicated on this very, very small insect that probably landed on you without any knowledge of your existence. Yeah. You, you know how they land on like uh, first of all, flies do that. I think butterflies land on you like, Oh, you're a person, I I respect you, I see you. Yeah, thank so, you. Yeah, yeah. Again. Flies flies fly. land on you like it's a, you're just an object, and that's
1: what's funny. That was beautiful, thank you. Yeah. It was good talking to you. Yeah, man, same. Um, I hope this was like, it, was this what you wanted? Yeah. Hell yeah.
0: That was a good one. Music by Dora Bavarsky and Ming Chin. Next up we have Mingzha Chen herself.